Welcome to the Circle of Birth podcast. I'm your host and advocate, Ali Kranz. These podcasts are here to gather stories, people and information to better our understanding of the wisdom of birth and how we can reclaim our connections to birth from conception and beyond. You will hear stories not only from Australia but from all over the world, bringing together women, partners, midwives, doulas and all the people that have a birth story to share. So jump right in for this next Circle of Birth story. So we welcome back Debbie and Melissa from How to Heal a Bad Birth and Birth Talk. Before you begin, have you watched part one? Go and check out episode seven before you listen to this show, which is part two. So this show is all about their journey together. With other amazing women, they brought together Birth Talk and Debbie and Melissa have recently released the newly published and much needed How to Heal a Bad Birth. So... Today, while we're not delving too far into birth stories in this episode, we are heading into these crucial topics that need to be talked about and acknowledged and shared. So this episode is really valid and you'll hear in this uh, show how providing space to heal and acknowledge and sharing stories, you will open yourselves up to many other people's journeys and understand completely that no matter what happened in each other's journey towards birth and beyond the feelings are there and they're all valid Uh, listening to these women and reading this book has opened up myself to so many more possibilities and I just love the contribution that Debbie and Melissa have made its intent is true to their feelings and their own personal growth and Melissa describes her own journey here of how she felt after her first cesarean and finding the path to her transformation she has gone on to have two empowering births and in well-supported and an informed place and it's just great and this is what we want to hear about and um, please enjoy this episode and share it with love. Okay, thank you Debbie and Melissa. Welcome to part two and thank you for coming back on the show again. Um, Debbie, do you want to kick it off? We're going to so head into part two and we're going to talk about how Birth Talk came about and we're going to venture into the book. So take it away. Okay, thanks, Ellie. Um, so I basically after I birthed my first child and followed by a really challenging postnatal experience, I then started connecting with other mums, as you do, um, with, with mothers groups and ABA and neighbours and things. And... Um, they, they started sharing a lot of their birth stories with me and possibly in greater detail because I was a midwife. So often they'd share and I'd ask a few questions and then they would share at a much deeper level because um, they were just trying to make sense of what happened, which um, is really important step in processing any really intense experience. So... Uh, and I started realising that, so, which I already knew beforehand, but even more so, um, that so many women were having negative experiences and so much of it I could hear could have been avoided with good information and good support and, um, you know, a lot of it which had to do with system challenges and and all sorts of things and and a lot of it was due to also how incredibly vulnerable women 
are at that time. And I knew that um, because I'd also experienced birth firsthand and I couldn't imagine how I would have managed um, to get through that if if I'd been feeling the way that they had been feeling and um, just recognise that it made total sense that, that it, um, at a vulnerable time when they were feeling lots of emotions, like they were, they were feeling that they were powerless or, or that no one was listening to them or that they were confused or they were scared or all sorts of different emotions that come out time and time again. And it was very clear to me that anybody at a vulnerable time feeling that way would be a really negative experience and and it made sense that it would have an impact but I didn't at that point understand how much impact I just knew that they were really affected in a bad way by their birth and so this kept happening and I really wanted I just started to say to them why don't we have a coffee because I just felt that if they heard someone else saying exactly the same things as they were different story different what happened but exactly the same feelings that that would be really powerful it was really powerful for me to hear them and I thought just thought they all think that it's just them they all um think that perhaps they're not coping or they don't understand why it's bothering them where in fact you know it's really quite common so at the same time Melissa was also um processing her birth and She'll tell you a bit about, more about that in a moment. I think, I think um, Melissa started that process when her son was about two and a half, and that's a pretty much about the age gap between our kids. I think is that right, Melissa? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was about that sort of timing, and um, and I knew that Melissa was getting more and more insights into her own story, and so we had a co- we had a coffee. We had a cup of cup cups of coffee or tea tea or whatever we were drinking with breastfeeding mums and um there started to be a little bit of a sharing of a story and and that's when I felt like wow I really want these women to be able to to um, be heard in this but I really want them to have different information and to have different experiences and that for me was the first seed of the idea of supporting them with this in an informal way and then uh, Melissa and, and another family friend um, Karen we got together a little bit down the track and, and formalized it a bit more but I'll let Melissa talk a bit more about how she came into it. Great. Hi Mel. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> um, <clears throat> oh, gosh well it, I'm just trying to think about it all in the right order because it was 14 years ago now but um <laughs> Yeah, um, so after my son was born, I knew that I didn't know that all the things that I was feeling could possibly be connected to the birth. I just knew that I wasn't coping, but I thought I wasn't coping and that other women did cope. And um, so I was very confused about it and thought, well, yes, I had a bad birth, but you know, everyone's telling me I should be grateful and and I am grateful and what's wrong with me? Why can't I just move on? And, um, uh, you know, obviously Deb never said any of those those things to me. She would throw me little, send little seeds my way that would um, sort of sit in there and then grow a little bit further. Um, and when, and I sort of started to, you know, 
understand a little bit more about it when um, I was, um, I think my son was two and um, I Googled um, feelings after a caesarean because I, I thought that all the, the, that maybe I had, maybe this was to do with having a caesarean and I found um, a website in WA called birthrights.org who had a, a page on their website called feelings after a caesarean and I read through those feelings and I thought, oh, that's everything I'm feeling. Oh, my God, I'm not alone. This is this is it. This is what I'm feeling and um, that was huge for me um, and that was sort of the start of me going, okay, well, maybe there, maybe I do need to look into this a bit more um, and um, obviously what I know now is that those feelings are not just felt after a caesarean and sometimes those feelings aren't even felt after a caesarean because um, caesareans can be, you know, positive experiences but most of the feelings relate um, that I was feeling were the feelings that Deb was talking about that were coming out amongst the women she was meeting so of being, you know, powerless and feeling confused during it, but afterwards feeling hypervigilant or feeling lacking confidence in caring for their baby and feelings of failure and guilt and shame, they were really big ones for me afterwards. So um, I think starting to realise that there was a reason and it was because of the birth, and back then I, I sort of thought it must be because of a, I'd had a caesarean, but it was a start anyway, it was a you know, better than what I've been doing before, which was saying it must be me. Um, so that was a shift. And um, I actually started looking into uh, International Caesarean Awareness Network, um, which is um, ICANN, um, which is an international organisation based mainly in the US, and they have chapters all over America and um, that meet and they're, you know, they're amazing. They do amazing work. And I'd sort of thought initially that I I felt like I was getting a lot of support from them online. Um, so you have to remember that this was the days before Facebook and this was before Instagram. And I don't even know if Google was around back then. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dark ages. <laughs> it was. I don't know. Um, so you couldn't Google well, I didn't know the word birth trauma, those two words together as a term. If somebody had said birth trauma to me, I would have thought that it meant when the baby had been injured in the birth mm. or if the mother had nearly died in the birth, which, of course, is something that the woman's going to need emotional support for. But that I didn't come under that category because I just had a, you know, a run of the mill to, to everybody else, cesarean, uh, you know, labour and then a cesarean and had a healthy baby. So um, I, uh, I couldn't, I didn't know, um, that's why it took me so long to find the information because it isn't, wasn't a well-known term and it's still not completely well-known no, but now, but a lot of women in the mother's sort of circles do know those terms. Um, and um, so I was getting all this online support um, from ICANN and um, I was really starting to understand the, the a relationship between um, my experience that I'd had and what I was and the impact of it on me, which was so great. And then, you know, through that I then started to learn more about 
birth and sort of went on my own little research journey and then Deb and I would sit and talk and I'd be like oh my god really and I thought I knew I thought I knew all about this but I there'd been there was obviously big gaps in my um antenatal education um and my understanding just in life about birth so I um yeah so Deb and I were both sort of going on our own little journey separately and then coming together and talking and then going off separately. And um, then we started, I was I was sort of like, yes, I think we need to have a, a caesarean group here. And then Deb was sort of saying to me, well, you know, there's there's women who've had vaginal births who feel like this too. And at first I found that really difficult to take in because I I felt so strongly that if I'd just had a vaginal birth, it would have all been okay. But um, now I know that that's not the case at all, that um, it's all about those feelings during the birth um, of if, if you're feeling um, helpless and confused and abandoned as, as I did in my first birth, you can feel that in a vaginal birth as well and, um, you, you know, you need to have the right support there for you emotionally um, and be in the right environment for your body to, to be able to sort of work optimally. I, I, I hadn't sort of known all of those things then. So by the, so Deb was sort of really strongly saying, no, we need to do, it's not just cesarean. And I was sort of going, okay, all right, all right, so what, what are we going to do? And, and then as Deb said, we had um, our family friend who'd known Deb and my, my husband since they were very tiny um and she had um was very passionate about you know being empowered and informed around birth too so we started to get together and discuss what we were going going to do about this um and I actually remember being at um with Deb and I think Karen and a few of the women that we'd that we were I so I was connecting with some women who were my sort of friends and people I knew that were feeling as though we all needed to, we all needed support. Deb had her own friends and then we sort of came together and I remember we went to this rally in King George Square in the centre of uh, the city. Um, do you remember what the rally was for, Deb? Mm, no, I think it was it was something about um, increasing maternal maternity choices or improving maternity care or, yeah. or might have even been trying to keep the birth centre open. I can't quite remember. Yeah, some, <laughs> I think it was might have been the National Maternity Action Plan or something. Um, yeah, something maybe. Women needed better support and better care in, in, uh, maternal, uh, in maternal health. And I can remember we went along to this rally this um, with Deb, some of Deb's friends, some of my friends, and some of Karen's, um, well, I don't know, well, I'm pretty sure Karen was there, but we we were all meeting, some of us were meeting there for the first time and standing there listening to, um, I remember Robin Bailey from, what's, she's from the radio now, I can't remember where, where, what she's on, but she's quite well known, and um, she spoke, and then Sarah, Dr. Sarah Buckley spoke, um, and she's an author whose book is called Gentle Birth, Gentle Mothering, is that right? Yep. That's yep. right. Yeah. Yeah. And um and sh- I that was the first time I'd sort of really come into contact much with her. And another woman was getting up and they were just talking about the importance of the birth experience and birth matters and women need good support in birth. And oh, I can just remember standing there going, Oh my God, these women think that what happened to me was wrong and it wasn't right. And there's support for this and there's people there who care about 
my experience of birth beyond my my own little sphere and I think that was like a week before we had our or a couple of weeks before our first birth talk meeting and I came away from that just with my head spinning just going I'm actually I'm actually not alone in in this or I don't just have this small group there's there's lots of people out there who are fighting for us to have to not have the bad experiences and have the positive experiences and um so I think I got even more fired up after that and um well, it's definitely a resonating been, feeling, isn't it, to have that oh, awareness yes. now and, yeah, that connection and, too. And, yes, yeah. and, you know, connecting with women in the US yeah. and who were feeling what I was feeling and then connecting with women locally and um, and then seeing it on the biggest scope because I hadn't really started to look at it from a system point of view in the health system yet um, much. But um, so then, yeah, we we got together and... Deb and Karen and I sat down to plan what we were going to do, what our philosophy was going to be, what our focus was going to be, and um, so that really how we help, gonna... helped you with um, sort of validating your journey and then other people's journeys too, and then got you straight into birth talk, I suppose, essentially. I, I, I think it was just I, all part of the puzzle, another yep. piece of the puzzle. Yeah, yeah. I think um, <laughs> I, I remember that rally as well and and it's just so lovely to be surrounded by a whole bunch of people who are very passionate about good stuff but um I think back then it was still very little concept as Melissa was saying about birth trauma or or yeah. the impact of birth it was more um there was a lot of people out there who knew that birth could be that birth was important yes. and they knew that with certain models of care that often there was higher satisfaction and so there was this it was more a huge push for um getting more continuity of care and getting more midwifery models of care and all these you know um different different models which are 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 really valuable and there's lots of research to to back all of that but at the same time I was feeling a little bit that it's having a different model of care is not gonna gonna fix it it's not just a model of care it's it's we need to take it back even further it's about it's not that like as melissa was saying she was feeling you know oh it was because it was a cesarean i was going it's not because it's a cesarean it's because people feeling those feelings at an incredibly vulnerable time in any point in life that would be traumatic and the same with the model of care was sort of like well that's a good step but we need to take it back and say how can we make sure how can we make sure that women are feeling different things? They need different information. They need different support. And and whatever model of care we get, if if we have somebody come into that room who doesn't understand that or a situation arises and, and they, you know, lose sight of that and amongst other important things that they're watching, we're still going to have the same issue. So whilst I was, I was really excited, I was also feeling like people are – not taking it back far enough. They're thinking that if we change a model of care or if we have a home birth or if we have a birth center birth or if we have a whatever birth, it'll be all right. And I was just so clear in my mind, no, no, it won't. It's more than that. We need to really recognize every woman is an individual and recognize, give her information and let her make her choices, whether that be an elective cesarean or a home birth. And we, and those choices need to be made on information and not fear 
and we need to make sure that during her birth she's feeling safe and supported and cared for and all these things and and then her birth will work better and then you know like from my own experience even when it doesn't go to how you, the plan that you want she will come out better prepared for motherhood and she will come out positive and confident and um so i think that's why i kept sort of going <laughs> uh, melissa kept uh, like it was a little bit frustrating for you i think because i just kept saying no no <laughs> with the cesarean thing and 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 that, that sticks out with the rally as well that i was like these are, are all good steps but until we get back to those basics and treating every single woman as this is her life experience and we need to really do everything we can to um, empathize and, and have an awareness of how she's feeling and do everything we can to support that, then everything else will flow after that. Mm, very um, well said. Just that anyway. Pure <laughs> acknowledgement. <laughs> so then from that, um, how, how did Birth Talk eventuate? Did it take off straight away or did you sort of stick to your core group and then word, word of mouth tended to happen after that? Well, a bit, of, a bit of both. I think we um, we sat down and really thought about what our aims and, and as you can hear, we debated all that a little bit, <laughs> what our um, mission statement would be, et cetera. And then we just said, let's just have a meeting and um, and we, and that's how it started, just with that core group and then I, I think people just would hear and join in and I think we stuck some pamphlets around the place, didn't we, Melissa? Um. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking because it's so long. I well, yes, we had we had the meetings to think about what we were how we were going to, uh, what we were going to do and our our philosophy and how we were going to run it. But we um we did have um we had Holly draw up some brochures, and yes. I drove around and stuck them in every childcare centre <laughs> that I could think yes. of. Yeah, so shopping centres and. Yeah, and um, yoga places and homeopaths and anywhere where we knew young uh, mothers with young babies would be. Great. Um, and it, and, it, and we, yeah, and it is yep. and it still remains a free service, isn't it, for people? That's how it was initially set up. So it's yeah, yep, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. The, the healing from birth meetings are always free. Yeah. Yes. Um, and that's that's what we started with, and that they they are always free because we. Um, don't want to limit a woman's access to this support because we can see how it changes them and changes families. It's just too important. And it has has it transformed you guys looking back then to when it started to where you are now? Have you had a lot of transformation in your own journeys with Birth Talk? Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. My... my um, I think the foundations of what we're based on, like I knew all that, but it's just, just getting clearer and clearer. But I, I just did not fathom at that point the impact that it had. I knew it had an impact and it made sense that it had an impact. But the ripple-on effect of um, a good birth, I knew, but the ripple-on effect of a bad birth um, was so much more far-reaching and so much more um, intense than I had or intense or, or um, significant, I can't quite find the right word, that's not it either, but uh, it was much more far-reaching and, and just huge, I guess, than I had realised. So 
you know, we would get we would have women coming to meetings and they'd tell their story, and I'd just think, oh my gosh, this is this is just so so damaging, you know, and and that ripple just filters out so it's so far reaching. So that my eyes got open to that more and more along the way, and um, even occasionally, I mean, we've been doing it for fourteen years, but. You know, even even years down the track, there'd be still times that Melissa and I would walk out and just go, "Holy moly, that's just, you know, beyond what we we had comprehended before." So. Yeah, I feel like I'm <clears throat> that it's this ongoing process of learning more and learning more and learning more, and I think that's really good and healthy because, it, you know, where always you know I think it's it's really good that there's always something new to learn and always something new new insight to gain and um, sometimes it's insights about birth sometimes it's insights about ourselves and you know so we reflect on the meetings and we reflect on uh, all different things and I you know obviously I've come a long way since I thought that cesarean was the only sort of bad birth and I also thought that all cesareans must be bad so I've come a, a long way since then um I think yeah I was going to say the other area that's just sort of popped in my mind as well is um Ali when we started birth talk we had healing meetings and we had what we called forums and education forums because it became really obvious that there was gaps in the antenatal education you know, women, the, the two most common things we'd hear about from women when we were sharing information with them um, was, why didn't anyone tell us this? Or um, I never thought they'd do anything that, you know, wouldn't be in my best interest. And so it was really clear that there was gaps gaps in education about, um, well, let's tell you the things that other people aren't telling you that are going to really help with your confidence and help your birth to go a lot better and let's also tell you about how the system works and 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 what the effects of our culture and 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 our life story how that can come into play so you have an understanding that it's not that you need to blindly trust every person you come across but it's not also it's not that they're your enemy either so we had these forums and um you know i think we knew back then that i certainly knew um being having being lucky enough to to go to birth um that it just worked better under certain conditions and it was incredibly valuable and um all i guess all the hormone and all the physiological stuff but at that point there wasn't a great deal of information about that it was still a lot of um midwives would just say oh you can feel it or you can see it or you'd see how the difference postnatally would pan out but a lot of the work of michelle o'donnell and then um, Sarah Buckley started coming through about uh, around then too. So that was really wonderful to actually um, join those dots that were they, they were already there and then just joining joining them with really good scientific information, um, which is so powerful to women making sense of what happened, you know, why their bodies behaved the way they did and, and how a birth can um, be impacted upon negatively and and how it can be supported how our bodies can be supported to work really well as as well so there's a lot of learning along that line as well yeah so. yeah 
Definitely. And it's, it's, it's in a sense, you know, like as Melissa was saying before, that there is no final endpoint in the journey there. It's always going to be transforming and progressing and um, mm-hmm. always changing. And I, I think, you know, it's just so perfect what you've set up and I, I hope to achieve the same from this project is the more stories that we hear and embrace and acknowledge... Mm-hmm. Uh, the more we can come together because it's those feelings, like you said, Deb, that bring us together. And if we acknowledge and accept those feelings together, then I'm sure we can move and shake and do great things um, into the, the consciousness of what's going on for, for birth yeah. especially. Absolutely. So uh, after birth talk, um, so the book... Um, let's get into the book. Um, so the birth mm-hmm. talk meetings and, you know, you, your guys' journey and your transformation and then who decided let's do a book? How did that <laughs> come about? Well, I, I think um, it was probably um, more, I think it's probably more Melissa's idea initially, but I, I think it was becoming evident um well, well, firstly, we were having women coming from a very long distance. You know, we are having women coming from Byron Bay, Armidale, Toowoomba, Harvey Bay to Brisbane. Gimpy. Um, wow. you know, um, because there just wasn't anything else like us. And then we were also having lots of um, health professionals contacting us and saying, we want to start a group here. Can we start a group? And... Um, and we were like, that's fantastic, you want to support women. But it was really, really um, difficult, the idea of ha- how can I tell you in a two-hour conversation what I think you need to – what we think you need to know to start a group, you know. Um, and, and you know, women are so vulnerable. And as you can see sometimes on those forums, sometimes there can be really well-meaning damage done as well. So we were really – uh, wanted to make sure that we just wanted to support women further afield and support people who wanted to support women. And um, we also had women coming to the meetings who were saying to us at the end of the meetings, "Give me some stuff. Yeah, I want to do something after the between the meetings, and I can't remember what you said. And often, you know, they can't write during they they're not writing down during it because they're too busy being in the moment, which is great." Mm-hmm. And they were saying, I, I want something to work on. And we were sort of, we would give them, a, a, you know, little things to work on and send them little emails. But it it just, get, that's when the idea sort of really came into, for me, was just like, oh, we've got all these people wanting this information. And, and we were doing more um, articles and, and blog posts and because there was also that desire to increase awareness because there was a lot of people who... As Melissa was saying earlier, that earlier that it was still very um, foreign to a lot of people, and a lot of women were inadvertently getting further um, unacknowledged, I suppose. Or there was that still that, and there still is that whole healthy mother, healthy baby thing going around. And we really wanted to um, increase awareness and, and give um, the women who had experienced birth trauma, as well as people around them the language to um, be able to discuss it in a in a safe way and to understand it more, I guess, as well. So mm. I think increasing awareness, supporting women and supporting others to support women elsewhere because there's only so much you can do. And, um, and it, just, 
yeah, for me, it just feels like um, just so exciting to to have all those things we've been doing um, for so long just all in one spot that we can that we can share and 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 feel like it's shared in a way that um, is helpful and and is safe um, for women and and helpful for those who want to support them. I guess. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and it kicks off beautifully the first sort of segment of the book um just sort of you delve straight into a birth talk meeting and you know just reading that straight away I felt like I was there and a part of it so it's really engaging and um one of the chapters that resonated with me was um painful past inherited birth I think it was called where for me you know my understanding of birth didn't come from very much I know my mum had some really traumatic experiences um, and then I was born um, so I never got told much about birth and I had not much of an understanding and I don't think a lot of people did um, talk about it Mm -hmm. so uh, it's those inherited beliefs that you come through with in what birth is really shapes I I think too um, what you're yeah. getting into with your own journey, so it's it's good to see that shift. And the, you know, there's there's stuff here, and there's people talking, and then there's it's happening that where we can sh- shape that paradigm into something really beautiful, where we honour birth of, of how mm-hmm. wonderful it can be. Because um, there's some pretty crazy publications out there, that's for sure, of, of what <laughs> of what we're we're to- told or perceived of what birth is. So. Yeah. yeah. So, um, with that, the book, the book's been. How long have you had the book out for? Um, three, months. three months. Three months. Three months. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it's perfect for two. I think we discussed probably in part one for people that are choosing not to have further children. You have a fair bit of um, information on to help people in that journey too. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, we, we keep saying you don't need to have another birth to heal. We have women who come to us heavily pregnant who are saying, what do I do? Um, I haven't got time to heal from the previous birth now. We'll say, well, let's um, talk about it a little bit and so you can understand what happened last time. Let's get, get some tools and things, um, some education for you for this upcoming birth. And, um, you know, Deb's supported women who've come to us at, like, 38 weeks, was it, Deb? Yeah, oh, yes, day before, even. Day before. <laughs> <laughs> but I think... Uh, time for them to work through March. Yeah, yeah. But um, as, as you were saying, Ali, you know, we've also got, um, you know, chap- a chapter called, you know, what if I finish my family still, can I still heal and why take the healing journey and, you know, about just making peace of it and, and getting the the intensity of it, um, reducing the intensity of it and just be able to come back to, to yourself in a better place and to your partners and your families and just, you know, because the, the women deserve just to feel happy and not be carrying around, um, you know, th- this burden that often... Um, gets kind of buried and 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 just kept on the check, but then often, you know, might go to a barbecue and have a few wines and it spurts out. Or when they have their when their children have children, you know, all of a sudden, like you were talking Triggers. about your birth legacy, all of a sudden it's going to come up. And we have had 
um, grandmothers coming along for that reason as well to meaning. So um, absolutely, we've, you know, we've had lots of women who um, just have just found it really incredibly beneficial for themselves, whether they're going to have more children or not. Mm. And, and that too, that feeling, and I know a handful of people that have, you know, admittedly said that they feel like they have to have another baby to heal their yeah, last birth, which they don't want to do. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And yeah, I, yeah. We and don't find that the, be the case. I mean, Melissa, you often, do you want to share with yours? You often say that you didn't feel like you needed to heal with your second or it was validating or... Yeah, well, I, th- I think um, um, it was really important to me that this, my second birth, wasn't to heal the first birth because I felt that would put too much pressure on this birth and this baby. Um, so um, I felt like I was lucky enough to have, you know, done most of my healing before I was pregnant with my second baby, there's four and a half years between them. And um, then when I became pregnant, new things came up to deal with. But I had, by then I had the tools from working on the healing of, of my birth that I'd been using, the tools that are in the book, <laughs> that those tools then allowed me to um, work on the other stuff that came up during pregnancy Um, and uh, so that this birth um, was really just a, it was affirming of everything that I now knew about birth and about about healing and about women and, um, uh, yeah, because I think... um, that was that was really important to me to take that pressure off the birth. Mm. Can can I just elaborate on that? My journey and this just really excites me, and this is why I'm excited about your book, and I'm so excited about Birth Talk. And it's this was my exact journey with my second birth. Things came up, but I was able to look at them because you know I, I created a lot of healing around that before, and mm-hmm. I was able yeah. to look at them in a much better light than I would have if I didn't address that. And I think that journey, it just, it made it so much easier. Like you said, Melissa, that it's those tools that I had there to go to address it and acknowledge it and then move on quickly because, you know, even just right before labour stuff came up and it was really interesting. Yeah, 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 great. And I think I I, I was going to say... um, Sorry. You go there. Uh, Okay. I was just going to say, you know, we also have um, a lot of women who find that they might have a a, – they might have done a lot of healing prior to and then during and then they might have a positive birth and then that brings up um, some more grief or some more healing to do about the previous birth as well. So that's not uncommon as well. Mm, That's that's true. And, um, yeah, I, I think that that journey, I think it's being mindful that pregnancy and birth for many women, I know for me, is an emotional journey and acknowledging that and acknowledging what comes up and you don't have to go right deeply into it but just acknowledging it um, and um, <clears throat> addressing it where, where it needs to be addressed and supporting yourself through that to get to the space where you're, um, you know, ready, ready to birth, I guess. 
Yeah, exactly. It's it's just fantastic what you guys have done and I'm completely, um, you know, just from my own personal experience and my own journey and I, it's just really sitting with me beautifully and I just think your contribution from that rally, um, then from Birth Talk and then just um, sharing feelings and acknowledging that it's um, what a journey and uh, I look at the I'll put a link on in part two to the video uh, it makes me get teary each time it's just I think it's that part where you see the women's faces at the beginning and then at the end um, when it sort of heads into the second part of your your intro video to the book um, it's just that that was me you know that was me in the second birth it's that that beautiful face looking up at the sky and um yeah (laughs) i I think that's um hope i think yeah and i think that's you know i I had someone say to me the other day um you know it must be so hard what you do and i just said oh absolutely not because it's that video it's watching people go from that in the beginning of the video ali as you said to the end it's just incredibly rewarding and uplifting and women are really amazing exactly you've provided the the foundational space there for this to happen and um i think is there any chance of um in the future i was thinking about this for birth talk to go interstate in australia to to sort of branch out and think um we're trying to <laughs> promote and get the, the book out and about first, but mm. I, I think there's definitely possibility of may, perhaps doing workshops around the place with those people who do want to set up similar groups and, and maybe um, setting up um, different healing groups around the country, you know, using the book and then also perhaps doing some workshops and being able to hopefully support women in a really similar way and, you know, around, across the country would be amazing and really um, something that we'd love to see. Great. So watch this space. <laughs> yes. Well, I'll keep in touch with you guys about that because that's something I'd definitely love to explore. Oh, fantastic. Okay, thank you. Much appreciated. It was a great chat again. Um, thank you for contributing your time for to come on here. Thanks, Thanks Sally. Okay, yeah. thank you. Did you connect with this episode? Then head over to our website, circleofbirth.com. There you'll find show notes, pictures, resources, and potentially connect with today's storyteller. Don't forget to sign up to be updated with new empowering episodes and content. Help the show grow by contributing a tip in the jar to make sure we can continue to better the podcast and connect more and more to the wisdom of birth and each other. Hey, and don't forget the iTunes rating. This has been another episode of the Birth Share Project. We breathe, we birth, we empower.